everybody, it's Allie, and welcome to our YNR chat for Sunday, August 16th, 2015. So, Detective Harding, <laughs> the guy who was barely even on the scene at the time, was actually the real killer of Austin and Courtney and the mastermind behind the cover-up the entire time. <laughs> I don't know whether to be disappointed or completely ecstatic because, to be honest with you, I was over this storyline, and you know it, months ago. I feel like this is clearly a tact on ending to a storyline that apparently now in retrospect never really had an ending. Let's be real here. Did YNR ever from the beginning plan to have Detective Harding be the real killer or was this just an oh crap we gotta wrap this up tacked on ending to the storyline? I, I uh, am of one mind thinking that's completely true and while I love you YNR you don't pay me to do this <laughs> YNR chat so I can criticize you. I think it's a BS ending to a BS storyline. But on the positive side, I am just thrilled beyond all get out that it is over. Fine. You want to tap this whole thing onto Detective Harding? I don't. I honestly don't even think he was on the show at this time. I think he came. He was. He he was on the show in the beginning before this whole murder thing happened. But then he disappeared. I think the actor went off to do other projects, and he did not come back onto the show until we were already months into this storyline. And YNR just all of a sudden wants to make him the murderer. That's fine. Whatever gets us closer to the end is is fine by me. <laughs> YNR at this point really could have pinned this murder on anyone, and there would be a part of me deep down that just would have been happy that it was over. They could have told me that Victor's dog Segundo was the real murderer and the real mastermind, and I would have been like, okay, good, cool. Let's just wrap it up now. <laughs> Put a bow on it. Let's move on. In fact, YNR could have never mentioned this storyline again, and I would have been completely okay with it. It could have just dropped off the screen one day, and they never brought it up again, and maybe I would have been, I probably would have rolled my eyes and said, yeah, YNR dropped the ball on that one, but I probably would have been happier <laughs> if they just never would have mentioned it again. Honestly, I would have, I, I feel like they forced it into... A twist when I didn't even need a twist by this point. They could have, they obviously were establishing in the weeks prior that, that there were dirty cops within the Genoa City Police Department by because of the fact that Victor paid off that other cop. They could have let that other cop have been the real killer and someone who Marco was working with. It didn't have to be Detective Harding, and I am, 
I am disappointed because I like him. I thought that the character had potential. I think that the actor is awesome. We saw a lot of really good stuff out of him throughout the course of the past week that makes me sad that there's no way he's going to survive this. There's no way he's going to continue being on the show. He was like the one cop that we had. And you know he's going to end up getting caught. He's going to go to prison. We're going to never hear from him again. And probably one or two months down the road, Dylan will end up taking his place. Dylan will probably, I don't even know if they'll bother to send Dylan to police school. He'll just get a job on the police force and he'll be our new cop. Why can't Genoa City keep a cop in that role? We had uh, we had uh, Alex, we had uh, um, uh, Ronan, and now Harding, and they're all gone. But I liked... I really think that that actor had a great sense of humor. I loved the interactions between he and Kevin. I mean, throughout this entire long, drawn-out ordeal, I really have enjoyed and cherished the little tete-a-tetes that he and Kevin had. They jab at one another, and they play well off of one another. And that actor has been in the business, uh, the guy who plays Harding. Shoot, can't think of his name. I'm sorry been in the business for a long time. He was a child actor on soaps. So the guy has the acting chops. I totally felt like I believed him and I'm sad to see him go. Um, at the end of the day, YNR decided, <laughs> like, last month or something, that we were, they, they were going to reveal that Harding was connected to Marco. I mean, we had all kind of figured out and accepted that Marco was connected to, to, to the murders, and, and I think he had confessed as much, even if subtly, to Victor, maybe even two or three months ago, so we kind of were on to that. But uh, YNR decided that <laughs> gosh Marco and Harding came across each other at one point and Harding just decided to take a payoff from Marco which doesn't even make sense from anything that we knew about the character the character of Harding was Mr. by the book do you remember how upset he was when uh when Dylan uh interfered in the police investigation and got Paul shot he he seemed like Mr. conservative Mr. by the book so it's it is I suppose shocking to me that he and actually unbelievable and not really character consistent that he would take this bribe from Marco anyway but Harney was working with Marco the entire time uh, and Austin found out about the fact that there were two Jacks so he had to go he had to be eliminated oops and then Courtney found out about the two Jacks and saw too much on the computer on her wedding day so Harding lured her to the cabin and killed her while Marco stood by, which again makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. Why, why would uh, why wouldn't Marco just do it himself? Uh, he apparently killed them both and then uh, worked together with Marco to frame Tobias. And all of this, by the way, was pulled together through a series of flashbacks that were filmed, like, yesterday. I mean, why not just pull this out of their butts? They had to bring back the original actors, which is probably why they kept them on contract as long as they did. They had to bring back the guy who plays Austin, bring back the guy who played, or the girl who played Courtney, and uh, refilm these scenes. And it was, ugh, so dumb. 
that's what tells me, that's what clues me in that YNR never had a resolution for this. By the fact that they had to go back and refilm these scenes. I mean, maybe there's some, maybe I'm being hard on them and there's some other reason <laughs> why they, why maybe something changed with the casting or something I don't know about. I mean, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to reset myself and pretend that their intentions were, were good and, and that they knew what they were doing. I should, because otherwise it's just, it's so ridiculous. It reminds me so much of that who killed Diane Jenkins murder storyline that we were stuck with for a year. Um, and that, what was that, like 2009, 2010? You can go back and watch YNR chat videos from that. It was like torture to me, these kind of murder storylines. Let's just, you know, let's move them along. I don't need it to be dragged out. And, and, and it was funny because Harding was having a conversation, I think with Summer at some point in the week, and he said, um, yeah, well, I'm sorry that murder investigations don't just get wrapped up. It's not how it works. Well, uh, you know, I almost felt like, uh, like they were saying that to the audience or something like well look you know real murder investigations take time well this isn't real <laughs> it's an entertainment show you need to keep it moving I mean, they breeze past things that I would love to just savor and then they drag this crap out for six months and in fact it's been six months what's today August 16th the whole thing the whole murder happened on February 14th it was Valentine's Day it's been six months they've been dragging this crap out for and then they go back and rewrite it through a series of flashbacks to wrap it all up <sighs> lord uh, <laughs> i love you yr but what you know what i'm done i'm done you know it's fine it's all right it's okay i forgive you you got us out of it you got us out of this terrible storyline and i'm i'm gonna forgive you we're gonna call this a wrap <laughs> Oh, man. Um, so, shoot. I mean, just to kind of recap for if anybody who didn't watch the show, I'm, I'm going to breeze past it here because we spent enough time. So if you didn't watch the show this week, basically... Um, Harding and um, and Marco are working together, but it's clear that Harding is starting to fall apart and not really wanting to be involved in this scheme any longer. Marco has revealed that his ultimate plan is to resume Jack's life and kill Jack, get rid of Jack altogether, and just hook up with Phyllis again and be Jack forever. I don't know what on earth makes him think that he's going to be able to pull this off, but Harding is there developing a conscience after killing two people, now all of a sudden he's he's like, eh, I don't really want to kill Jack. Uh, and in fact, there was this great line where uh, Marco's trying to tell Harding, look, you don't have a choice. You're in this. You need to cover it up. You're doing my dirty work. That's what I'm paying you for. And Harding says, you know, this isn't some uh, Colombian uh, dr drug ring. This is Genoa freaking city. <laughs> great line. Great line, because that's exactly how I feel about this town right now. And we might as well rename it Genoa freaking city. <laughs> great line. Great guy. Great actor. I'm so going to miss him. Um, the other piece of the puzzle is um, Summer wakes up from a dream this week and after six months miraculously remembers another piece of the puzzle. And she remembers a song that was playing the night of Austin's murder. And then... 
She has this random meeting, or not so random meeting, with Detective Harding, and she hears his phone ringer going off during it and realizes that that's the song I heard the night of Austin's murder. Couldn't have been any of us. It must have been him. So she's figuring out something's up with that. Kevin and Mariah told Paul about their suspicions that Harding might be a dirty cop, so Paul goes and gets Dylan involved. I'm telling you, he's going to be a cop. They're going to get rid of Harding. He's going to be out of that police station, and Dylan's going to be in the police station sooner or later. Maybe they can pass the coffee house off onto somebody else. I don't know who. Maybe Kevin and Mariah. That'd be great, right? Let's, yeah, let's get Kevin and Mariah back running the coffee house. Take note, Ironer. That'd be good. And let Dylan be the police officer that he obviously wants to be. Plus, it would be great and generational, given the fact that Paul's father was a police officer. Paul became the police officer. Dylan should be the police officer. It makes sense. Let's do that. Um, but, uh, so, anyway, everybody's kind of on to it, honestly. Everybody's figuring out this week, out of the blue, that Harding's the dirty cop. He's in on it. Kevin's kind of tailing him and following him. And it sort of is a good tie-in that Kevin should be the one to bust out Detective Harding, considering they've had this contentious relationship the entire time. So, but the thing is, we now know that Harding is willing to kill. If he was willing to kill Courtney, he's certainly willing to kill Kevin. So, um, there's like where the show was left off on Friday. Um, Harding has gone up to the cabin. Uh, no one's there, so he's alone. And Kevin follows him up there and starts to question him. So there's this sort of element of danger. Is Kevin going to be in trouble? I don't know if someone's going to run up there and save Kevin. And I don't know. Maybe maybe Harding will pull his pull a mask off and be like, "Yeah, I did it, and I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you meddling kids." I don't know. I don't know what the ultimate end is going to be. Um, I. I the the one thing that kind of um keeps sticking with me is the fact that um Harding <laughs> the big clue that Harding was uh, being suspicious was the fact that he decided to take a vacation uh, and um, and Kevin was the one that was onto this and Paul and told Paul and Paul called Harding to say what are you doing taking a vacation in the middle of this police investigation and Harding said you know I agree he on the phone with Paul and he says I you know I agree I just I realized it was a bad idea to take this vacation so I I'm coming home I'm just I'm telling my brother that I can't uh, can't can't do this or I'm whatever I'm telling my brother I'm coming home so I don't know if it was I guess that my ears sort of went up in that moment and I thought well uh, are you saying was was Harding just covering in that moment and saying my like trying to pretend like he was off on a camping trip with his brother or is there some chance that they're gonna do another twist here and say that Marco and Harding are actually brothers did you guys pick up on that there's no way out of this for Harding. He's gone. Um, so, I don't, I don't know. And, and ultimately, I think that the end game here, and possibly I think we could all agree on this, I think the end game is going to be Phyllis shooting Marco. I mean, right? We saw the preview for next week's show and uh, Marco's has, he's called Victor and asked Victor to help him kill Jack. He, he is, and I don't think Victor's going to do that. He, Victor's going to have to be redeemed at the end of this. Um, but, uh, so the, the scene, the, the preview from next week's show, um, Marco's sitting in Victor's chair, cocking his gun. Wait, is that the right word for it? I don't know. Whatever you do when you get your gun ready. <laughs> You pull the thing and, you know, it goes, 
shit, you know. So I guess Marco is, he's becoming more violent. He's ready to go kill Jack. Um, and uh, uh, I, I don't know. I'm kind of thinking maybe he's going to, uh, Jack's going to be indisposed and Marco's going to have a confrontation with Phyllis. And I think she's going to ultimately get the gun and turn it around on Marco and get her ultimate revenge because more than anyone, Phyllis is the one who's been victimized by Marco. Well, I guess other than the people that ended up dead. But um, she would have reason to, and I think probably Ryanar is going to want to show us that because Victor's been through some, or because Phyllis has been through something so traumatic, I think they're going to want to want to show her getting her revenge and, and want us to see that. So that's my guess. Um, I don't know when and if that's going to happen, but I'm, I'm, I'm really dying to hear your comments. I, I, I had this feeling that maybe, I, I mean, that maybe you guys were thinking about me while you were watching this week's show. Because <laughs> I think it all started coming out by Wednesday, and, I, and I'm watching Wednesday's show, and I'm thinking, I wonder if there are YNR chatters out there who are, like, with me in this moment, like, thinking about me as, as I'm thinking about you, and you, I'm sure you must have been anticipating my, ugh, you know, I mean, like, I'm, 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 I'm collectively, I think, maybe YNR chatters all over were just going, ugh, you know, a big eye roll as this whole thing was revealed, but maybe not. Maybe you enjoyed this, and I hope that you did. I don't mean to be so hugely negative, um, but I guess I just feel that way. I feel, I feel like more than anything else, this is the storyline that I've had to force myself through. Force myself not only to watch, but to talk about every week. So it's just, I think it's built up some uh, a little bit of resentment in me. <laughs> and I'm sorry if that's coming off as negative. I, in fact, uh, you know, whether you feel negative about the show, I'd love to hear your comments about this week. But if you liked it, please tell me. Don't ever feel like you can't disagree. Um, I, I would absolutely love to hear somebody tell me that they like this twist. They're feeling it. Um, so feel leave leave comments, positive or negative. What on earth are you guys thinking about this big revelation in Genoa freaking city? So Victor and Ashley and Jack are all trying to figure out who's behind the Paragon Project. I'm trying to figure out what the hell it is. It, all I've heard Victor say about it is that it was some kind of planned attack against Victor and his family. Well, how? What? What? <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, specifically... What is the attack? What what has indicated to you that there is an attack? He's I think he said it was something against some sort of something that's that's threatened his business and his family. Well, what a document! <laughs> you got a phone call? Well, I I don't get it at all. What the hell is the Paragon Project? I don't care who's behind it. I just want to know what it is. Victor, Victor's done a. I mean, throughout the course of the week, they've uh, established that it's not. Jack, it's not Ashley, it's not Billy, and I really thought, like, right straight up at the beginning of the week, I thought, this is Adam. It's not even going to be any of the Abbots. Um, the, you know, the person who would really have it out for Victor and really want, 
I mean, you know, you got to look at it. It's somewhat the way Victor has it framed. The, <laughs> who's ever doing this has has it out for every single member of the Newman family and maybe some Abbots too. And I thought, well, okay, it's got to be Adam. And maybe that's how uh, uh, Adam's identity is going to end up getting revealed to Victor, because that's something that still hasn't happened. And I'm I'm really ex- still so excited about that. I mean, I want to I'm enjoying kind of settling into the Adam and Chelsea reveal. And where is this relationship now? But I am looking forward to Victor finding out that Gabe is actually Adam, his son. And I I I sort of keep thinking that maybe the Paragon Project has something to do with that. But then this week, Jack called Adam and asked him if he was involved in it. And and Adam seemed to indicate no. Um, So unless he was lying or his priorities have just changed because Chelsea's more important than any revenge that he would have wanted on Victor. Um, So I, I don't know, but it's almost kind of looking now as if Adam is not the one that's behind it. So I kind of wanted to get your theories on this this week am I did I miss I feel did I miss something because I feel so lost about what this is uh and and who could be behind it Yes, Chelsea and Adam are in Paris together, almost living in this fairy tale moment. It's 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 not really reality. They've kind of sequestered themselves into this hotel room and both of them are trying to pretend, I I think that nothing's really happened. I think they're both struggling with the desire to want to have a sense of normalcy and have a sense of the life that they were building before the Delia incident happened, before Adam died. I think they both want that so very much, but it's it's not all champagne and roses. It's not all romance. There are some very, uh, there are some very stark realities that are facing this couple. And this week, even though Chelsea has decided to give Adam one week together that just to sort of capture the romance, it's sort of like Wyanar's giving the audience this one week together to enjoy the romance because the obstacles ahead are looming and large. And I think it's going to really give a test to this relationship. But even the fact that there, there's always a lie or two that's hanging over the relationship. I think probably just due to the nature of who Adam is and how he is and how he chooses to kind of handle things. Um, Chelsea was not very happy this week to learn. um, Well, I mean, I think, I don't know, she was shocked this week to learn sort of the extent of what was happening during that year that Adam was lurking around as Gabriel. I mean, she found out this week that he was the one who gave Connor that soccer ball for his birthday and that he had sent a clown, (laughs) a creepy clown, to the birthday party. And she even found out this week that Adam was the one that had planted the camera in Connor's nursery. And it's so, I'm sure she had to feel so violated because in this in that moment she was trying to move on with her life 
She was trying to build a relationship with Billy. And now, in retrospect, looking back and knowing that it was actually Adam who was spying on her, that had to feel weird. And I think Chelsea knows that there's something that's off. She loves this man. And that seems to always be what weighs the heaviest. But there's always something a little just off about him and off about the way he approaches things. And I think I would feel really uncomfortable knowing that he was sort of stalking for all intents and purposes. And then, I mean, and then just also knowing that he's assumed this other identity and got her to fall in love with him under a different face. It's, it is weird. I mean, I, for even though I am an Adam and Chelsea fan, don't get me wrong, I'm there. I am there with you. This is the couple on the show. This is where the chemistry is. This is where the heat is. This is where the passion is. I love it. But I just, I feel for her and and the, um, the torture that she's going through because I don't think I'd be able to go back to him. As, I, I'm more practical. This is just Allie being Allie. I'm more practical than romantic, uh, even though I think I am romantic. But I, but I, I really feel like, you know, if, if someone had done that to me, it, it would be done. It wouldn't, you know, I would, I would love them forever, but I would let them go because it's just weird. Um, and, and I think Chelsea's always looking for what the next lie is going to be because there was a tiny little lie uh, this week where uh, gosh, I don't know. He basically lied to her about who he was on the phone with, which is not even that big of a deal in the scheme of things. But to her, it's just, it's just one more thing that he can't confide in, in her about. I mean, he wants to move to Paris. He wants to buy a house. He wants to forget everything else that's happened, but she can't quite do that. She has had a life in Genoa City. Um, and I think she, you know, I think, Chelsea is a little bit more on the practical side, whereas Adam is a little bit more on the romantic side. But I mean, I don't know where they're going with this. If you know, if it were reality, I would say that Adam and Chelsea either need to just move to Paris and start a new life and not even think about anything in Genoa City that's in the past. You know, if she needs to continue her career, she can, obviously, but just put on the blinders and not think about it. Or they need to break up and go their separate ways. It kind of can't continue uh, uh, in this dance for that much longer. But of course, this is a soap opera. <laughs> Neither of those two things are going to happen. They're not going to move to Paris, and they're not going to break up. They're going to ultimately have a uh, you know have this week in Paris that's incredibly romantic. I wish they could spring for some outdoor scenes. You're in California. At least you can't even like close off some a grassy outdoor place and make it. Look like it's just like go to a restaurant, set up a restaurant set or something outside. I mean, they're 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 having this romantic week in Paris and they're stuck inside in, in this hotel room. I kind of wish Ryanair would give us a little something more because this is the week where we get to enjoy it. The second they get back to Genoa City, it's it's all oh, hell's gonna break loose. Daddy, why is Uncle Devon marrying Grandpa's wife? <laughs>
That was a really, that was, that was awesome. I loved that moment. Uh, I mean, to a child, the fact that Devon and Hillary are now getting married must just be really confusing. <laughs> but to me, it was wonderful. I really love Devon and Hillary. I enjoyed all of the drama or the lead up to the drama uh, of their wedding this week. Um, I, I just, I, I was in need of a beautiful wedding. I love that the beautiful wedding began uh, with a beautiful wedding present. Devon gives Hillary uh, this gorgeous necklace. And I mean, it makes sense. You know, doesn't, doesn't everyone receive a lavish million dollar necklace on, from their groom on their wedding day? I mean, you know, I really loved my million dollar necklace. <laughs> oh, I just thought that was so, um, just uh, such a nice moment contrasted with Colin slithering around in the background, blackmailing Devon at every chance he can get, not missing an opportunity to sort of dangle this sword over his head that he has, the, you know, this video recording of him supposedly sleeping with a prostitute. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, I, I love that Hillary and Devon's romance is there, and then we as the audience know that there's this danger sort of lurking on the outside, and it's not just Colin trying to get dollar signs. It's Neil. Neil, he's gone bad. <laughs> he's like a rotten apple at this point. And, and it's... I, I Cannot say enough good things about Christoph St. John. I mean, this guy, has he gotten an Emmy lately? Because, I mean, he did such a great job throughout the whole... Uh, Hillary and Devon's fair throughout the whole blind thing. I mean, this he is a really great actor, and right now he, I'm feeling him every step along the of the way because he is he looks so together on the outside, but he's playing it so that there's just this this sadistic thread that you can you can just see just behind the eyes um and and he's he's just lurking he's just waiting for this whole thing uh to go completely to hell nikki is the only one that's you know kind of keeping an eye on him and saying neil i know you're you're having these dark fantasies <laughs> about hurting hillary and devon and their wedding day is today so are you gonna be all right and you know he's just yes you know i mean he, yes of course of course i'm gonna be okay I mean, but he's gritting his teeth the entire time. It's so great. I love him. I love Neil right now. Um, and I really also, by the way, um, enjoyed Nikki's warning to Hillary. Hillary has gotten into a place where she feels safe with Neil. Neil's lulled her into this false sense of security, which I think was the point maybe of the elevator trap that we saw last week. I think Hillary needs to feel safe. And I think that's part of Neil's big plan. He felt safe with her. He trusted her. He thought everything was completely fine, but she was dogging him hard behind his back and I think he's sort of recreating that now um and it's and so Hillary's feeling like this is going to be a wonderful wedding day and what could possibly go wrong she's sitting there in the athletic club writing out her vows and Nikki comes up to her and I think is trying to issue a, a warning she was subtle about it but she said you know you need to watch Neil I mean he says he's okay but he if he's anything less than okay 
okay, you're going to have a problem. So that was, it was nice to see that interaction between those two. Plus, not going to lie, I loved the, the line where Hillary says, she's, she's writing her vows and she says, oh, I just, I'm writing my vows and I don't know what to say. I don't know how to make it right. Maybe you can help me, Nikki. Have you ever written your own vows? <laughs> and the look on Nikki's face, she was real understated too. She was like, um, yeah, a few times. <laughs> Nikki's been around this block. <laughs> don't you even know who you're talking to? She's been married like 17 times and probably 16 out of the 17 times she wrote her own vows. So I, I thought that was just kind of a cute moment. But Nikki's warning is the first time that I think Hillary realizes something's amiss. I mean, she, she for the most part, hasn't really... She's detected that something is up with Devon, but I don't think she has any idea that it's as insidious as, 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 uh, as it actually is. But uh, Hillary is clued in a little enough by Nikki to confront Neil. And she's, at first, very abrupt with him. And what are you planning? Are you going to plan, you know, destroy my wedding day? And he's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, he's playing it cool with the evil just behind his eyes. And he's, he's, you know, he's, she's like, I'm not, look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do anything to you. In fact, he's, he goes to the tr trouble. And I noted this at the time. He says to her, look, I'm, I'm not even gonna be at your wedding. And just there's something about the way he said that that really it, it, it rang a bell in my mind because I thought he's he's really said more than once that he's not going to be there. He's not going to be at the wedding, but that does not mean that he's not going to blow it sky high. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited for this. So. Everybody is sort of settling in to the wedding occasion. Uh, Devon has been nudged enough by Colin uh, to where he thinks he wants to just tell Hillary the truth. In fact, he he tries. Um, I think he doesn't, he, he, I think he's hoping that Hillary will just accept it and know it, and certainly he would want to tell her before they go ahead and get married. Uh, but he, you know, he tried several times to have a moment alone with her, but there was always something that gets in the way. It's a soap opera. Uh, and so he he really wasn't able to. Uh, the, the wedding ended up starting... Uh, just as planned, Hillary walks down the aisle. Devon is racked with love and guilt and all of the peripheral emotions that, that one would have on their wedding day. And he's just looking into her eyes. And you could tell even right up to the altar he wanted to tell her. Of course, telling her in front of all those people would be horrible. Like, at the altar, not the right time, okay, Devon? I mean, you, he could have, he tried before to go into her dressing room and tell her. I could see maybe busting into that dressing room and saying, I need to tell you something. No ifs, ands, or buts. But right there at the altar, not the right time. He realizes that and he switches it and he, he starts kind of launching into his vows. Um, how beautiful he, how beautiful she is, how much he loves her. And in fact, you know, saying, I, you know, I can't picture my life without you. It's you. You know, it's, it's always you. Just beautiful, wonderful words. Hillary, the same thing. Hillary didn't expect to find love. She certainly didn't expect to find love with with him and the, I, I enjoyed just sort of sinking into the words that they were saying to one another because the vows were so sweet and they were so sincere and we know that these are two people who really have been through the ringer they didn't want the affair to happen 
They weren't expecting to fall in love. What they did to Neil was wrong. Unequivocally, I would never argue otherwise. But they, I th and they handled it wrong. Just every step of the way, they handled it wrong with maybe good intentions of not wanting to hurt Neil. But I, I don't think they expected that lo the love that they found. I don't think they expected to come back together after it all got blown up. And I, and I certainly don't think either of them were expecting to be there in that moment at the at the altar getting married um so it was um it was it was all the good YNR gave us all the good stuff all the love stuff this is a couple we've fought hard for you know to see get to this point and then uh the the uh the iconic uh, are there any is there anyone at the wedding who has objections to this marriage and we just see these mystery feet Walking into the scene at the at the very end of the aisle. I mean, just walking right in with his loafers, stepping on the rose petals and everything. And uh, everybody's face is aghast. Like, uh, Devon's like, what? Hillary's like, huh? Jack is like, huh? I mean, everybody in the audience is, is, gets their own shocked, you know, moment. Like, one by one, everybody give their shocked look into the camera. Uh, and and, and the, 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 the episode ends without showing us who... It was whose feet they belonged to. Mystery feet. I, if you watch Monday, you probably have already watched Monday's show. I know some of you, you Canadians, you get the show a day early, and then you cheaters in the U.S. and abroad who get you watch a day ahead. Uh, <laughs> you probably already know whose feet they are, but I do not. So I'm excited to find that out next week. I feel strongly that it's not Neil. Because I, I just, I keep hearing him say, I'm not even going to be at your wedding. I Like, there was a part of me that was expecting that maybe what the big reveal was going to be was uh, that he was going to play the video. Like, you know, did you notice how the area for the ceremony was kind of um, uh, uh, sectioned off with those white curtains. I just almost thought, is, is there going to be like a projector or something where the projector is going to flip on and then Devon, uh, this this uh, this uh, salacious video of Devon's pat bachelor party is going to start playing on the curtains and reflect it all around and the audio and all that. I thought maybe that would be the big reveal. Um, but I just, I, I don't think Neil's going to watch. I don't, you're probably like, Allie, it's Neil. I've seen it. But it's just something in me is thinking it, it's it's not him. Um, but if not him, I don't know who the heck else it would be. Well, if there's a wedding episode, we have to talk about the wedding fashion. <laughs> you know that's my favorite part of these big gala events. I like to see everybody dressed to the nines. It's kind of a almost like a cool fantasy or something. Just to, oh, to be the rich and famous, putting on your you know your your expensive dress, your expensive jewelry, and going to an expensive wedding of the most the richest guy in in Genoa City. He's a billionaire, so I had been looking forward to this. I will say, um, I'm, I'm really glad they did it on the rooftop instead of putting it in some uh, stuffy, you know, the, the downstairs of the athletic club, blah, that's boring. And I don't think I've really talked about this, even though I've noted it a lot. The rooftop bar set is beautiful. 
YNR did a fantastic job of, of decorating that. I love the color combination, the blues, the whites, the yellow. I love the incorporation of the greenery and the way they have the twinkling lights through it. And for the wedding, they had candles. Um, I love a night wedding too. I think, I just think night weddings are so romantic. Um, and the whole thing has this um, sort of bluish hue. I mean, the way, even the way that they have the rooftop bar lit, it's like there's a light source coming up underneath the tables the whole that whole set is beautiful uh, I thought it was a really good um good place to have the wedding everything just glistened and it seemed so romantic um they had the area for the ceremony curtained off you know with that sort of white sheer uh right uh, sheer curtain um it was just it was a beautiful set everyone looked beautiful um I was kind of surprised that Sharon was there but I thought she looked great and I loved the moment between Sharon and Phyllis uh where uh, uh, Sharon revealed that she's pregnant and Phyllis is horrified and Sharon, or Sharon, it's like, wow, she's off her meds and she seems more rational than ever before. She says to Phyllis something like, you know, I, uh, yes, I'm pregnant with Dylan's baby. I'm very happy. And I know it just kills you to think that I have a happy life with a wonderful man, but you're just going to have to choke that down. Um, it was such a, just a good little, um, good moment. I didn't care much for what Phyllis was wearing. I hated those weird earrings. I kept staring at them. They look like, they look like old, they look like 80s costume jewelry. They sort of had a, they were supposed to, I guess, look like a feather or something. Didn't love it. Um, but, uh, but again, and this is, this always seems to be the case. Uh, I, like the, the, uh, the best dressed party goer for me was Lauren. I guess I'm, I feel like I'm always saying, Lauren when I go for my best and worst dress but I loved the way Lauren looked I loved her geometric I think it was gray and white dress um, perfectly fitted for her of course and this gorgeous big old necklace I thought she was so beautifully coordinated next to Michael he was in his gray suit with sort of a silver tie they just looked so sleek in silver Michael and Lauren just looked like a happy couple and YNR gave us the treat of of sort of I think bringing them back together um you know just you can tell that these are two people that love each other and Lauren was busy helping Hillary get ready for her big day but Michael really wanted to be with her invited her to sit down and have a drink and she wanted to but they couldn't but they sat together at the wedding and I just I kept thinking about how much I'm looking forward to this couple coming back together it feels like YNR very unceremoniously ripped them apart and they better at least give us a good story about them getting back together and don't rush it who doesn't love Michael and Lauren is there anyone out there who doesn't love Michael and Lauren they have to be a popular couple so YNR give us the give us the reunion and and also please reveal as a twist that they were never actually divorced I'm waiting for that because I don't even want to believe that they're divorced right now I want them back together and I want it now um Lily and Kane I still would like to see get back together I thought Kane looked very sexy as usual and I loved Lily's dress Lily would probably be my second runner-up for uh for 
for best dressed. I, there was just something about it. It was kind of like a, I guess it was the swirl effect. It was just a, I liked the colors of the dress. It was white and I think it had kind of red and orange streaky squirrel, uh, streaky swirls coming down vertically. Um, and the whole thing, it was so shiny. I don't know if it was a sequin pattern or what it was, but it was just, she was sparkling and she had this really understated, simple little uh, triangular, like a triangle pendant uh, on. And she just looked beautiful as always, of course. And then, uh, I mean, I, I can't forget Hillary. I, I was, when they, when Hillary, when they pulled back the curtains, and Hillary revealed herself walking down the aisle. I was like, oh. I mean, she just looked so beautiful, so beautiful. I mean, it probably wasn't a dress that I would pick for myself. Uh, it had these kind of, um, I don't know if it was supposed to be leaves or feathers or something kind of coming up on one of the shoulders, uh, but I didn't care. It was right. You know, I don't, I don't remember what, uh, yeah, I mean, when she was married to Neil in the park, it was very, I don't deserve to wear white, I'll just wear a conservative sort of little uh, uh, two-piece sort of, I, th I think it was maybe like a skirt and a jacket, maybe, when she got married with, um, with Neil, but there was something about seeing her come out, the full dress, the full veil like this is my wedding this is my romantic moment I'm marrying the love of my life I just felt it I was they pulled back the curtains and I was in it I was so happy and I can't wait to hear what you guys thought about Hillary's dress if of course you care about the fashion which maybe you don't but if you do tell me how you felt about Hillary's dress and give me your best and worst dressed at the wedding leave a comment I can't wait to hear what you guys thought about that There were other little storylines and things that happened throughout the week, you know, little developments with, um, you know, Phyllis confronting Marissa, um, kind of being jealous of, of Marissa's relationship with Jack. There was uh, Stitch losing his patient and then really not being able to connect with Abby over it, so going to her mother instead, um, and then Stitch and um, Stitch and Abby ended up having sex afterwards. I don't know how it all led to sex. I just kind of keep feeling like Abby cannot connect with Stitch in anything except a, se a sexual way. I don't think she has anything to really offer him except for that at this point. But I mean, all, honestly, all of those storylines just it just paled in comparison to the big the two big things. I mean, it, this week was all about Marco, and it was all about Hillary and. On for me, and so I just I, I those things happened. I did see them, but at the same time, I'm like I'm not gonna focus on them because there's just too much else going on. So instead, I'll read some comments from you guys. Robbie left a voicemail for me. Um, I think uh, just on Friday, saying that he was bummed out because Hillary and Devon are the couple on the show, and now they're gonna be torn apart, and not even by something true, but by something that was a setup. And I really agree. Obviously, Robbie had mentioned the actress is going on maternity leave, so we under, you know, as the audience we understand why this storyline is happening and that, you know, the actress has to go away. Uh, I don't know, I don't know if she's going to come back after maternity leave. Uh, I would, I I want to guess so. Uh, I'm not, and I'm not exactly sure when that's going to begin. I don't know if it's going to, if she's going to run away immediately after whatever the big blow up is and, and Javon and Hillary are going to be apart for a while, but it is sad because it is a couple that I think we've been waiting a while to for them to be happy. Their their early romance was just so 
it was just so steeped in the lies and the anger and, and the betrayal uh, of what happened with, with Neil. And so it's kind of, it, it, I think it's a treat to be able to put that aside for just a moment and enjoy their romance. But again, you know, just like a soap, we're going to get that E yanked away from us almost immediately. Um, BX Girl HS on YouTube says, I think Chelsea's problem is the lie on top of lies with Adam. I don't think she necessarily cares how much of a bastard or how sneaky Adam is. She just wants to be in on his secrets. I love that comment and that um, that that assessment of it because you know it is true. She she knows who she married. She accepts that Adam Newman is was always has been Adam Newman, but he wasn't dishonest with her about it in the past. And it does seem like he, I think in an effort to protect her and probably to protect Connor, um, has told little, little lies here and there. And I think he's doing his best to ensure his future with her. I think he wants Chelsea more than anything else. And so if it means telling a white lie to manipulate, to get her back into his life, I think he's willing to do it. And Chelsea would just appreciate a more honest approach from her husband. Um, Michelle had left me a voicemail actually, um, I think Saturday night. So I, cause I don't usually get to voicemails on Sunday, uh, you know, right before I re record the new YNR chat. So, um, so if you want to get your voicemail in before I record the next one, it's usually better to do it Saturday early. But I wanted to uh, say hi to Michelle, who left me her first voicemail, because I just always love hearing people's voices, too. It's just so nice. Um, and she had a couple of different comments about the show, saying that Kevin and Mariah are great, but the whole Scooby-Doo storyline is what's killing them. They seem to be the only YNR couple that's taking it slow on the show, and it's too slow. Um, and, and also it's strange that they have taken the murder mystery seriously while Summer and Noah are completely moving on. I thought that was a great comment, Michelle, because I agree, and I am enjoying Kevin and Mariah's relationship throughout this. In fact, it's probably been one of the saving graces. I haven't really focused on it and talked about it all that much because I've just been so annoyed with the, the main plot points, but I really do enjoy Kevin, uh, and I enjoy Mariah separately. I think they're a great couple, and I want them to get their own story that's outside of this. Um, I want to see them. I think running the coffee house would be such a great way for them to slowly come to the, you know, to the romantic part of their relationship. I want to see that uh, after all of this other hoopla is uh, said and done. The other uh, point that Michelle had made was regarding Neil's revenge. Uh, she said she's all for Neil's revenge, but it seems too late. You know, we kind of thought that he was moving toward a relationship with Nikki, and now he's back to obsessing over Hillary and Devon. And that is a good point. Are we going to see the Neil and Nikki romance? Maybe Weiner was just sort of testing that to see how we would react to it. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't particularly care. I, I don't want to see... I think the reason I don't want to see Neil and Nikki together is mostly because I know it won't last. Every single man that she's ever been with has just been another train stop on the, on the way back to Victor. So I don't, I don't want to see Neil um, get wrapped up in that. And I don't really want to see Nikki get wrapped up in that. But I really do agree that it, like there was a gap of time where Neil seemed like he was just angry, angry. And now all of a sudden he wants that revenge. And maybe, maybe it started at the point where they got engaged. Um, maybe he, maybe he was sort of 
able to accept that they were together, but the fact that now they're go they're gonna have a marriage, you know, when he was married to her, it's a big deal. And I, I just I wonder if that's what triggered it, triggered it. I don't know. I'm loving it though. Um, Katie on Facebook says, "So Harding is the murderer. <laughs> Am I glad we finally know who it is? Yes. But to be honest, it could have been anyone, and I wouldn't have cared. This storyline has been so drawn out. By the time they revealed Harding was the killer, all I could think was, thank God it's over. Now let's just hope it doesn't take another seven months for Harding to be convicted of the murders." <laughs> Katie, you said uh, in what? four lines when it took me 20 minutes at the beginning of YNR chat to say that's exactly how I feel. I just, it could have been anybody. I just wanted it to be over. Uh, Henry had called into my voicemail this week and said, I, I hate to say I told you so, Allie, but... Harding is up to all of this, or Harding is in on this, up to his eyeballs. And yes, I will give props to Henry, because he said from pretty much, I mean, pretty early, months and months ago, that he thought Harding was the one who was in on the murder. And I guess I was just looking for it to be Marco. I figured at the end of the day, Weiner would just pin it all on Marco. And that's not quite what happened. Um, I, I, I laughed so hard, Gary, this week at your voicemail. Um... <laughs> he said, Allie, I know Harding is not your original sex fox, but I know that you fancied him. And all I can say is, you really know how to pick him. You really know how to pick him. I laughed so hard at that because I did like Harding. It's like whoever they put into that role, I seem to like and I think they're cute. And even throughout the course of the week, I'm watching the show and I'm like, man, Harding, he's kind of attractive. You know, I mean, we could have done something with that. Maybe even like a triangle between Kevin and Harding and Mariah. Something. And now he's he's gone. There's no doubt about it. That really made me laugh, though. I do know how to pick him. I don't know. Maybe it's the bad boy thing. Um, but also, Gary had was kind of uh, going through the process of, of, of realizing that Harding was the uh, the killer. And, and he was wondering, like, why pull Harding into this storyline when it could so easily have been fake Jack? That they could have just pinned the whole thing on Marco. And then Gary answered his own question, which I think was so smart. Uh, be the reason why YNR didn't make Marco the killer for all of this is because they couldn't let Victor be responsible for the deaths of three people. If Marco had been the actual killer and Victor was the one who brought Marco into town, it's blood on Victor's hands. And YNR couldn't have that at the end of the day. Even though, I mean, remember all of the times Paul was like, I think you're in on this, Victor. I think you're up to something, Victor. We all kind of had that vibe that Victor had something somehow was connected to these murders. I think as YNR was throwing together this ending, I think they realized that they couldn't just let it be Marco and they I think they're going to have a different fate for him. Uh, but it, it really makes sense. They almost just needed a fall guy. They were like, oh yeah, Harding, let's just grab him and throw him in front of the firing squad and voila, you have a storyline resolved, in quotes. Um, oh, this is a good comment, too, from Daisy on Facebook. And I'll, I'll end on this one because I think this is smart. She says, oh, man, I see a kidnapping coming down the road. Poor Phyllis. 
She's been through so much and now crazy psycho Marco is obsessed with her. I love that idea. Whether it turns into a kidnapping or not, I think it's pretty clear that Marco's going to, tr he's going to do something that's going to get Jack indisposed and he's going to make his play for Phyllis. And I don't know if it's going to be a kidnapping or a hostage situation or he's going to try or whatever, but that's going to kick wide open the door for Phyllis to kill his ass. Okay, you guys, I really hope that you enjoyed this week's show uh, just as much as I did for whatever reason, you know, I mean, it's almost like one of those weeks where I love to hate it. <laughs> I do like things that get me talking, things that get me riled up. Those are my favorite storylines, and man, that whole... That whole Marco Harding thing, that definitely got me hard, hard. That got me riled up, the Harding thing. So, ah, hopefully it's done. I, I'll give you one more week to wrap this up, YNR, and let's just, let's just move on. <laughs> oh, man. Well, again, I hope you guys loved the show. Hope you guys loved YNR chat and that you leave me some comments. You know you've got opinions about this week, so let them rip. You can call into my voicemail at area code 309-588-4569. I love hearing your voices. It's like me listening to my very own podcast. Or if you like to type, you can go to yrchat.com. You can leave a comment on the blog. You can find the links to Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and iTunes and all that stuff. You can leave comment, text comments in all of those places. Um, I read every single comment. I listen to every single voicemail. Of whether I get to it before I do the next YNR chat or not, I always listen and I always read and I love hearing from you and I appreciate all of your feedback and all of your support. So um, don't be shy. Let me know what you think about all this crap. <laughs> okay, everybody. Have a good week. I love you and I'll see you next Sunday. Bye.